BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. Today we are talking about the uh, the most popular players, who you should lock into your side and who can you go against. Let's go! Welcome again to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy. Talking some popular players today with, uh, as always, my good mate Luke. How are you? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Um, big day today, actually. The um, I, I got a tweet out real early in the morning. The the oh, Oxlongs yeah. made it onto Twitter. They're, they're, so, up, they're up there. They're yeah, look, some positive feedback. Um, loud th- and proud for the world to see. Yeah, I got... Let um, it all hang loose. It was, it was. Like, I got copped a little bit of flack for getting Doc into the team since the previous podcast, which which I was prepared for. Um, but it's, just, it's like a tidal wave. Uh, of, <laughs> yeah, I saw that. <laughs> eh? It's like... A, it's a tidal wave of Doc supporters out there. and It seems it, to be growing a lot at the moment. We'll, yeah, obviously, we'll probably touch on him today. That's it. We kind of talked about it last pod, but he's in that category with Dunkley a little bit. It's like, go against him at your own peril. So, yeah. um, I mean, I keep saying it, the team will change so many times between now and the start of the season, but at the moment, Doc's in there with the boys. Uh, he's in there. He's in there, yeah. So, um, check us out on Twitter. Obviously, Luke Rojo 17 uh, Ball Boys Fantasy for me. Um we, uh, we've recently crossed the threshold of 300 subscribers hey, on YouTube, nice. so thank you so much to everyone who has subscribed. Uh, bit of a lofty goal, but if we could get to 1,000 subscribers, wow. I think that would be just uh, just bloody awesome. So yeah. if you guys are listening along on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or on YouTube and you haven't subscribed yet, um, would mean the world to us if you guys go and hit that subscribe button and uh, yeah, keep supporting the videos Definitely. that way. Yeah. Um, At the moment, the YouTube videos... Uh, look a little bit like they've been shot on a potato, but hopefully we've got some more yeah, better we're, quality stuff. We're coming. working on that, so um, See how we yeah, go. stay tuned. But let's uh, <laughs> let's get stuck into these popular players. So basically, the, the theme of today's pod is going to be uh, popular players, and um, basically whether or not. Not necessarily that if they're justified to be popular, but okay, we talk about points of difference a lot, and pods and pods and pods, but. Sometimes the best point of difference is to actually avoid the popular pick that fails or the mm. popular pick that disappoints. So like a reverse pod. Yeah, kind of. so so sometimes it's the best way to go about it. So you, say you didn't start with a Matty Rowell last season. Yep. Um, yeah, he had that big first first game, but very much a bit of a disappointment. Everyone had him in their team, yep. so if you were the player that avoided him, then you probably got off to a, a better start than most. So uh, a bit of 
you know, points of difference uh, going against the popular players. But obviously, some of them, they're popular for a reason That's because uh, they're good picks. So, That's it. trying to decipher between the, the, the two. And, and some of them, I guess, will just be playing a bit of devil's, devil's advocate and... Uh, yeah, we'll see how we go. We'll um, go through a few players. We'll, we'll try our best to kind of steer clear of, of um, the rookies. rookies. They're a little bit cash of a, cows, yeah, yeah, they're an unknown at the moment, and, and yeah. most people are going to have those rookies. So obviously, and cash yeah, cows, yeah, most popular player Will Ashcroft. I think look, he's their name round name one. Uh, sorry, round, named round one. Yeah. Uh, you pick him because That's you it. know he's he's the, the gun rookie. Cash. So for the most part, sticking clear the the rookies. Um, mostly focusing on the mid prices and premiums. So yeah. starting at the top here, the most popular player in the premium department, Josh Dunkley, fifty two percent. Yeah, the good looking man moving up to uh, to Queensland. <laughs> he is. He's uh, getting hopefully, that sun. Hopefully he's um, surviving the heat so far because it's. I tell you what, if you're hey, not in Queensland right now, it is bloody hot. Des said it's seven o'clock at the time we're recording this, and I don't know if you can see, but I. I'm like sweating bullets. Yeah, so, so. Um, yeah, I hope Josh hasn't been scared off by the heat. Hopefully, he, he can still catch those marks. And, you know, the, <laughs> yes. the humidity doesn't Slippery throw hands, him off too little, much. A little bit of grip, I should do him all right. But yeah. um, let's talk about him from a, a potentially going against him perspective. Now, the first thing I'll say on that topic is go against him at your peril. Yeah. I, I think I kind of mentioned it just then with Doc as well. And um, as expensive as Dunkley is, and, and it does in a way pain you to, to press that purchase button and spend all that money. Um, but we know coming to a new team, he's going to be getting more midfield time. There's a chance where he just goes up and up and up and some, you know, he becomes unattainable yeah. and then you're going, oh man, what do I do? So... I think I think Dunkley's a very. I mean, it sounds like a very like it seems like the popular opinion. Obviously, he's the most popular player in the game. Um, I think this one is sort of like a don't overthink it kind of thing. Yeah. Um. You know, price at one hundred and nine. I think it is. He. Uh, I was asked on Twitter like, what do we see the difference? And uh, again, we, we're talking about Doc a lot early, but um, what's the difference we're seeing between Doherty and Dunkley? Yep. The difference to me is I, I'm much more confident with Dunkley as a captain option, number one. And number two, we have seen stretches with him in the past for sort of over half the season going at a 120 plus. Yep. Um, you know, he's going into what we expect to be a more friendly role with higher CBAs yep. in a team where he's still not going to be a tag target. Um, you know, they're... they're uh, Maybe not the most friendly fantasy team, but it's not a team where we've got concerns about coaching style and, you know, all the Richmond, Collingwood, exactly, GWS yeah. sort of concerns. Um, so I think he's going to be uh, pretty comfortably the top forward. And um, when, when you have upside at that price and can be a captain option and you're by far the best player in your, your position, I think, yeah, just don't overthink it. And to me, I, I don't really see a, a great scenario to go against Dunkley because... Yeah. I think, yeah, like you said, he's going to be too hard to get in. Um, That's it. Yeah. I wouldn't be betting against Dunkley. And, and I mean, I can see there'll be some people out there that do that and think, oh, I can save some cash. Um, good luck to you. Oh, good luck to you. Yeah. Like I said, at your own peril, the, the bloke's an Adonis and he's a fantasy freak. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's every chance he goes at 120. Yeah, well, you don't have to contend with Bevo anymore. That can only mean <laughs> good things. So, it's, all uh, up. it's all up for dunks. The next guy here, the next most popular player, which... Kind of surprises me a little bit here. Timmy Taranto, 47% owned by the Fantasy Classic Club. You reckon it's that um, new club factor? New club factor. Obviously, he's been a, a beast in the past. He's, mm. I think he's averaged 112 or even slightly more in the past. Yeah. Uh, obviously, going to a Richmond game style, maybe that hurts him. But again, price at 95. Um, you know, the, the idea or the expectation is going to be played predominantly through the midfield. Yep. Um, people are not really being scared off by the Richmond game style. So I guess this one, maybe you could talk me into a little bit more of going against him if you're going to really run the narrative of Richmond's um, you know, poor scorers in the past and, and not being a fantasy-friendly team. Yep. 
I still think that of the forwards, he and Dunkley are probably the safest and most guaranteed to be tops in their line. Yep. Um, and I do see upside for both of them. So for me, again, I'm probably not going to talk too strongly about going against him, but I can see more of an argument for Taranto just with that concern of Richmond's game style. And, and maybe he's not the absolute lock for... 60-70% midfield time that we might be all expecting. Richmond does like to run a very versatile system and everyone has multiple roles and, yeah. and can switch between those roles game to game. So there is an argument that I can see that maybe the Taranto pick isn't as much of a slam dunk as we think. Yep. Um, but saying that, he's in my side. Yeah, so he he's um, in my side as well. Um, but... There is. I'm actually a little bit shocked that he's as high as 47%. I actually can see a world yeah. where you go against him only because there's like a buffet of forwards. There's a lot of options. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. so good, good point. Any combination of forwards that you go with, the guy you leave out, that, that could end up being a win. So let's say you go with a forward line where you go Dunkley, Canelio, uh, more Rosie or yeah. more Butters. Um, if, if you're proved right by that Richmond system and the way that it strangles scoring sometimes, um, you could go against You've Taranto. You've got a lot of other big guys. That, That's it. You've yeah. got, you could go against him and you could have some certainty in some other players as well. So, um, you know, I, I'm most likely to be picking him at this stage. Um, but, yeah, I can see a world where people could go yeah. against him. Yeah, I, I can definitely see the world. Um, I'm probably not advocating it for it, but, yeah, you, you did have to, definitely right. Different to Dunkley, I, I don't necessarily think I would talk anyone out of, you know, if someone said, oh, I'm not going to have Dunkley, I'd be like... Are you sure? Do you want to do you want to go over and think that a little bit? You know, if someone said I'm not going to have Taranto, then I'm like, okay, all right, you, you, I can yeah. see that it, it could work out. Yeah. Um, but look, maybe the only thing I think for Taranto this year is I maybe don't think that his ceiling might be quite as high as we've seen in the past. But I yeah. still expect him to have a pretty high floor. Um, just those tackle numbers and his ability to uh, sort of be that first touch kind of a player, which Richmond does desperately need. Um, I think that he's going to be uh, a sort of reliable high floor. I don't necessarily think he's a captain option uh, most weeks. So different to Dunkley, I think that that's sort of... But again, he's more than 100k cheaper. Um, so I think that, yeah, he is someone I'm pretty happy to have in my side. The next one here is... Uh, so move away from the forwards, and I want to have a bit of a lengthier discussion with this guy here okay. because this is the, probably the first player on this popular list that I'm seriously considering not having on my side. Yep. Nick Dacos is owned in... I'll round up to 43%. You might get of, hunted uh, down for that statement, mate. Yeah, can... I mean, look, I love him. He's, yeah, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's no a, great, uh, a great young player. <laughs> he's um, obviously destined for stardom in the yeah. AFL, yep. but... Are we are we getting a bit too excited too early um, on a Nick Dacos with the lofty hopes that he's going to be there and around the top six defenders come the end of the season in his second season? Yeah, it's hard. It, it's hard not to be be tempted um, by just how talented this kid is. So I think there's yeah. there's definitely you have to take a step back and you have to um, distinguish between his just unbelievable AFL talent and then whether he's able to then um, continue that uh, progression in fantasy scoring yeah. in his second yeah. year. So uh, I'm with you and I, I'm contradicting myself a little bit because he was the fellow that I said was going to be first picked in my team, but there have been a couple yeah, of times... You said that on January 3. You, know, you have to lock that decision <laughs> in, mate. Like, mate you can't I'll, stray I'm from that. I'm an absolute turncoat. Um, <laughs> um, but there, yeah, it's crossed my mind as well. Yeah. I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, oh, maybe maybe Dacos out. Um, you know, he's still in the team at the moment um, and there's just this there's just this tidal wave of... of yeah support for Dacos with good reason um, he's, he's a, a jet and, and people have said you know it's the best uh, rookie season yes. ever yep. um, you know and there's there's a fair argument for that yep. but in terms of 
you know, like what it means for our fantasy. We've, we, like you said, I think it's a very important thing to distinguish the player from the fantasy profile, if that yeah. makes sense. Because you can have players who are guns and really good in, in the AFL and be extremely impactful, yeah. but it doesn't always sometimes translate to fantasy scores because of tags, because of the way that they collect their scores. You know, he's, he's a guy that really does require a lot of possessions to get uh, big ceiling scores. Like I've said before, he's not a huge tackler. He's playing in that the, halfback role. He's probably not going to be exactly yeah um second year you know a lot of afl talk is about second year blues it's not <laughs> something we talk about you know coming from a fantasy basketball background it's it's probably the opposite so i don't know if i subscribe to the second year blues thing but there might be something to it in terms of just being a bit more on other teams radars and um and the other thing is like we said about the um, the game style. Like it, this is a Collingwood team that we expect. You know, they've brought in Tom Mitchell. We expect yeah. him to become like a sort of one ten guy. So you're adding all those fantasy points into the side that was already struggling, and then we're expecting Dacos to go another ten points more. It's it's a lot to ask for a second year guy. Yeah, it, don't don't get it twisted. Um, we're not saying that you know in the future Nick Dacos won't be oh. an absolute you know, fantasy star, he will be, that's for certain. It's just a matter of whether you can with confidence say in his second year, I'm backing him to be a top six defender because he is in that no man's land at the moment. If anyone who's picking him is saying he's going to be a top six defender. You're not picking him as a stepping stone. You're not picking yeah. him as really like a value option. Um, to be perfectly honest, you're, you're locking him in as a top six defender. Um, all that being said, he's still in my team, but um, I can definitely see a situation where people don't have him and then... He comes out and he has a great season, but he just averages what he averaged last year. Yeah, which would be a great season for I, a second-year player. I think player. so. Yeah, yeah. It's but, not. It's not as though. If it, but the problem is with fantasy. Even if he has like what he did last year, that's a disappointing pick. Exactly. You know, it's a so, great season, the AFL scheme of things, but it's a disappointing. So fantasy you could bet pick. against that, couldn't you? Yeah, and I, and I think there's a serious option for it. And I and when I I don't often do this for players when I'm deciding my starting squad, but when it's like those fifty-fifty calls and I'm not too sure of, I, I do also sometimes like to look at their starting uh, draw as well. Okay. And I've had a look into day course to start draw and it actually looks a bit challenging um, from what I've seen. Um, so first uh, game uh, of the season comes up against the reigning premiers in Geelong. Um, second game against Port Adelaide. Both of those have historically actually been tough matchups for defenders yep. especially. Okay. Um, Richmond is a good matchup. Obviously yeah. no tag is going to happen there. Um, defenders have done well in the past there. Uh, Brisbane Lions at the Gabba. Again, can sometimes be a tough one for defenders specifically. And then he's got a back-to-back meeting with St Kilda and uh, Essendon, both of which I think there is a, a big chance of a tag coming. St. Kilda, obviously, they've got Ross the Boss in, yep. uh, a known tagging coach. <laughs> um, Adelaide, sorry, uh, Essendon did a lot of tagging with um, uh, Caldwell last season, and I think uh, might have even tagged him uh, once or twice last season. They then have Adelaide, and then in round eight, they've got Sydney, who tagged him twice last season with Ryan Clark. So three tags in the first eight rounds, a game against Geelong in round one, a game against Port and Brisbane Lions, all are tough matchups for defenders. There's no Bulldogs, no, no. Uh, North Melbourne or Gee, Melbourne in there, which we yeah. know are good for defenders. Hawthorne uh, are not till later in the season. So I see there a world where maybe he is someone that you could go against early in the season. Maybe he even loses a bit of prices early. You get him even cheaper and then he rises. So, um, so talk me through... That's sort of my thoughts there. So talk me through then... Um, so in the scenarios where you're taking Dacos out of your team, talk me through how that restructure happens. Who comes in? Do you go with one less print? Like, talk yeah, us through that. It's, it's a tough one and it's one that I, I, I don't know if I have an answer right now okay, because the defensive right. line is one that I've been struggling with. So <laughs> I've been toying around with going sort of one premium 
and then straight down to like your mid prices in oh, wow. uh, Elliot Yo, Christian Salem as D two so three. So Brayshaw going and, real cheap. Yeah, wow. Okay. Um, okay. Maybe it's maybe it's a, a going someone a bit more unique and someone else that I like and an Isaac Cumming or a Hayden Young as yeah. sort of just that guy that I still think has a similar level of upside but maybe has a higher floor, um, a bit more safe. Or maybe it's then spending up and going big and going like a, a Doherty at your D one moving. Moving a Brayshaw down to D2, that obviously seems to be um, something today that I've not sort of liked the look of just because it takes a lot of value out of a lot of other lines. Mm. But he is in that nice kind of price, and that's kind of what I think is tempting because he's in that price where it, it doesn't feel like you're paying a whole lot. You think you could yeah. potentially have a top six player. Um, but I just do think that maybe we're not all thinking of the potential downside of having a second-year player uh, and, and expecting him to be that sort of top six-ish kind of defender. Yeah. We've got those Dacos coloured glasses on a little bit, yeah. don't we? Sometimes we just... with this kind of thing, like a bit of group think, a bit of like that, that yeah. echo chamber comes around, a lot of the podcasts pump him up and that sort of thing. And he, and he is a gun, but <laughs> is, yeah. it just sort of makes me... It makes me pause a little bit. So no, I think um, that those are good stats that you brought up, and and you know on on the podcast we're never trying to um you know influence anyone to do anything. Just take what we have to say on board and and uh, kind of make your own decisions on it. But really great points, I think that you bring up, Mitch. Yeah. So um yeah, let us know what your thoughts are regarding a Nick Dacos. Obviously, very popular player, the most popular defender, um and uh, he he could be really good. But uh, I'm also not too sure that he's just kind of come out and absolutely set the world on fire. I don't, sure. I don't really see that just because of the way that yeah. he needs those def- disposals to get like a, and you a also, score. You also don't... Um, like I don't think he's going to hurt you if you don't go with him, if and that makes sense. He's not sneaking up on anyone this year no, either. No. I mean? He's every, on everyone's every, radar. Yeah, every um, every match match prep that um, teams are doing prior to playing Collingwood, Dacos's name is going to be up there on the uh, on the board. So, yeah, interesting one. Let's go on next? to the next one. We've got another Ford, third Ford, uh, all above 40%. Connor Rosie mm. owned by 42% of the comp. Again, surprised me a little bit how high this guy is. Yeah, okay. Um, 780k. Um, what is that price? I think that's a price at 93 or something like that. Um, so, <laughs> I got PTSD I with yeah. Rosie started <laughs> yeah. with him last year, but yeah. obviously had the big big second half of the year. Moved into the midfield. I think from there he averaged about 100. If I pull up my stats here, um, and yeah. obviously had a big finish to the year as well. He is someone that we've sort of discussed between him and Zach Butters. Well, that was what um, I was going to kind of say. If you go against Rosie, do you? Do you pick butters, and it's just kind of nice and neat and tidy? Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> just, if we, if we're going to do a lowly ownership. We are. He's only six percent. He will definitely so. be on that show. So, yeah. I think it's a definitely a viable thing. Um, yeah. So average. So yeah, average ninety eight points after moving to the midfield. So that gives him ten points of upside um, with the sixty percent CBA role. So I think high nineties, maybe the low one hundreds, is sort of what we can expect from him. It's value for sure, but again, just surprises me that he's so. Highly owned when there are so many other good options in the forward line. Emilio, Dylan Moore, Zach Butters. Do you um, think it's because of that price? Like if you're looking at if you're looking at all those players, he's the cheapest of of them and potentially has great upside. So people kind of just go I, bang. I do think so. Like he's obviously cheaper than Cogs, cheaper than Taranto, cheaper than Dylan Moore. Like all those other guys are kind of in that mix. And, and obviously, if we all think that they have like a similar output, if it makes sense for your team and for you to get other lines up, then Connor Rosie is that kind of a guy. I also just worry about. Him as uh, I know, we sort of kind of touched on this in our in our premium forward podcast, but 
I think he actually is a genuine tag target for some teams just because of how damaging he is as kind of that hybrid forward midfielder archetype that seems to be uh, the the position that everyone want, everyone wants in their team. You know, look, I'm not going to put him up there with the Petrarcas, Dusties, no. and and those kind of tops, but he he obviously has that kind of a mold in him. And yeah. I think of all the midfielders in their team, he is the most damaging. And um, if they are going to tag someone, if I was the opposing op- opposing coach, I'd be trying to tag Connor Rosie personally. Yeah, from from a purely AFL perspective, he's the kind of guy that um, you know he's capable of racking them up. But every touch he has looks silky. It, it's effective. He can break lines, he's a good user by foot, he seems to have time and space. So those are the kind of guys, like you said, that do become tag targets. He's not just an accumulator that does nothing with it. Um, I'm not 100% locked on Rosie. I, I reckon you could go against Rosie. And if you were going to... definitely go against. Yeah. yeah, if you were going to go against Rosie, I, I think it would pair nicely with some butters. So Yeah, some butters uh, or maybe a Dylan Moore, uh, my love child. So <laughs> maybe a Dylan Moore. Sneak him in there. Mate, uh, is he paying you? I reckon, <laughs> I reckon he might be giving you... I think I saw someone else that showed him a bit of love on, on Twitter the other day. Oh, okay. And, uh, so DC, got, yeah. DC of DC Calipers. So Shout got, out to you. Another Dylan Moore enthusiast. He's so. got two of you on the books. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a couple so, of little underhanded payments. So... Um, but yeah, I think that like like we said, there's there's other options yeah, in the forward are, line, and um, I will just finish on with with Connor Rosie here. He does have a pretty low floor as well, even in a good midfield role. So after the midfield switch, which happened in round five, he started with a 113 and a 119. Yeah. But then the next four weeks, he went 74, 67, 92, 65, all as a midfielder. Gave me a 35 um, in round one, I think. Uh, yeah, that was not Gross. as a midfielder. <laughs> 21. I, I don't care where yeah. it was, Mitch. I was pissed. Yeah, he, he had a, he had a 64 again. Richmond as well. Yeah. I mean, obviously, that's not a tag uh, score there as well. So no. he has the tendency to still be able to go missing even in a yeah. midfield role. So yeah. there is a world where he maybe starts the season really quite poor. You know, if he has that four four game stretch, you know, where he goes sort of seventies, eighties, like that's that's very disappointing. A lot of people didn't have him be able to get him really cheaply. Um, and when you're passing up another good option, you know, say you do have someone that goes bang from the start. That one could really hurt. So again, like a Nick Dacos, I am uh, more in favour of going against him. And he is someone that I think he was on my team. I think he is still on my team at the moment. But he's definitely kind of the guy that if I want to change my structure, he kind of drops down to a mid-pricer and I get someone else up in a different line. So um, yeah, 42% for for Connor Rosie. Pretty high. Then we have a couple of uh, rookies in there, Wilmot and Phillips. We won't chat about those guys, but the next fella up is Canelio owned at 34 34%. 34%, yeah. Now, Another it, forward. It's yeah, the fourth forward. So yeah, four of the top five and most I, owned players are forwards. In terms of kind of saving some time here as well, the, the um, way that I would see you going against Canelio is just by restructuring with some of those really good value forwards yeah. that we've got to go. Um, obviously... The thing with Canelio that a lot of people are high on is um, the prospect of having a new coach come in there and him playing exclusively midfield, midfield time. Yep. And when he plays exclusively midfield time, it's hard to argue against his stats. Um, yep. When, so you have a, when you have a new coach, there are you know a few things, there a few are question things marks. It's not quite as clear cut as maybe some people want to think it is. That's right. But um, yeah, talk us through. Would you bet against Canelio? Um, I think he's going to be up there in the top six forwards. I would I would argue against the upside that I think that some people say he has. Yeah. And I will just say that at eight hundred and seventy one thousand, he's the second most expensive forward. 
Um, I do prefer some of those guys that are a little bit cheaper. Um, I would, I think that Taranto's going to potentially outscore him and do so at a cheaper starting price. Um, you know, you can spend fifty thousand less and get a, a Dylan Moore. You can spend ninety thousand less and get a uh, a Connor Rosie. So, I think just based on the price that you're paying for him and what I expect him to do this season. I don't think he's going to be a bad pick, but I think that you could potentially use your money more wisely. Yep. Um, and I guess there is still a risk that, say, GWS, there's, there's always a lot of talk when you get a new coach coming in. The first season, they've got a license to do whatever the hell they want. You know, yep. they're, they're kind of, they've especially they're obviously on a multi-year contract, yep. they've kind of got free runs Spin to experiment and, and trial yep. different things, especially if things don't go well, which I think that perhaps in the Giants... Um, uh, scenario, I think they're going to be in for a bit of a struggling season yep. um, in terms of the wins and losses. So it wouldn't surprise me if they get off to a poor start that maybe Canelio is that guy that gets moved around being a more older player on their list. Maybe they get a few more of the younger guys in there and uh, it might not be quite as you know nice as we thought in terms, of a, in terms of his role. So I do think there is some downside. I don't think he's been in my team once so far this preseason. Okay. Um, look, I will continue to, to monitor it and see how he goes. But at this stage, uh, there's something just about Cornelio that I am pretty happy to go against him. Okay, beautiful. What about your thoughts? Um, I think Cornelio snuck into the Oxlongs um, this morning when Sounds I posted... Like two people snuck when into I posted the Oxlongs. So yeah, I, yeah, I made some tweaks, didn't I? I I'm never happy. Um, yeah, with those forwards, for me, there's going to be some chopping and changing um, you know, as the preseason goes as well. Um, I'm just indecisive at the best of times yeah. as well, so <laughs> yeah. that, that certainly doesn't help me this time of year. Um, he's in there at the moment. Will he be at the end? Not sure. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think that obviously four, uh, what did we say? Four out of the first uh, top five or five out of the top... Forwards, are they? Four out of the top five are forwards in terms of most popular players, so very interesting there. Let's move on to the next two. I want to go through these guys maybe a bit quicker because I, so. I think they're a little bit more harder to argue against. Yeah, Rowan Marshall and Tom Mitchell. Start with Rowan Marshall. The only thing, obviously, if we see Tom Campbell yep. uh, named in that round <laughs> well, one I thought side. you meant just if you see him at all. If we, if <laughs> yeah, if we, if we if sight Tom him Campbell. out <laughs> of the street, yeah, just, <laughs> I don't know. do not pick Rowan Marshall <laughs> yeah. if Tom Campbell's anywhere yeah, in the vicinity. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Rowan Marshall, look, of all the reports, especially with some of the reports of Darcy Cameron and Tim English carrying a couple of soft, tinju, soft tissue injuries yeah. or, or issues at I the moment, Rowan Marshall right. seems maybe he's like the last man standing. So uh, 34% owned. Look, if he's named as a soul ruck in round one, don't I think you him. don't overthink it. Do not and bet you, against and you, him. And you put him in there. Yeah, same Tom way. Mitchell, I think similar idea. We said this on the previous pod with Tom Mitchell. Um, because of his price, you're not betting against him. If, if he, he's cheap. Yeah, if you don't pick him, Okay, and he does well. You're screwed. Yeah. Okay. If you um if you pick him, everyone else has him. If he does poorly, yep. so it's yep. a no brainer. Don't bet against Tom Mitchell. Yeah, and even if he does poorly, he's not the kind of type that's going to lose money or sort of like I, he's he's going a hundred. I think that's yeah. that's locked that in. I think so. And um, it's just a matter of how. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn five dollars into one hundred and fifty dollars instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then place a five dollar wager on any sport. You'll receive one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. 
Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. From issuance, please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Hi, can he go? Yeah. Um, and I think that uh, just based on the time of ground, that stuff that dropped, the CBAs that dropped, I do expect him to be at least a 105 midfielder, yeah. which for me is a good pick at his price. What about... Uh, another Ruckman, Timmy English. Yeah, what so about English? I guess the uh, the report here that we'll touch on just briefly is, was it a, an adductor thing that he was getting looked at? I don't necessarily know the extent of the injury or, or the little knock or whatever it is. Mm. Um, so maybe just something to monitor at this stage. Yep. And the other thing about Timmy English is obviously over 900,000... Could you save some money and go with something maybe a bit cheaper? Yep. Um, well, what's you, you save essentially 100k by going Rowan Marshall. And, and of the two of them... 180k if, to go to Darcy Cameron. If both of those roles are locked in, then I'm Marshall over English. I think so, Any yeah. day of the week. Yeah, me too. Um, and you save 100k. So uh, monitor the health uh, and monitor the role on Marshall's front. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, there's definitely plenty of people out there advocating for Tim English. I think we got a couple of comments that said, hang yeah. on, where's Tim English? Yeah. Um, so, and, and yeah. I, I, obviously, it's it's a very valid selection. Oh, definitely. And, um, definitely. I, I had him as my first pick player when the game opened. But you did, um, yeah, you did. I think, obviously, there's there's three really good options, in my opinion. Darcy Cameron, Rowan Marshall, and Tim English. Yeah. Um, based on if they're all healthy. And I think... You could go with all three and have Cameron in your forward line. I personally, that's not the kind of the way that I'm leaning. No. But um, of course, obviously, you've got to make your choice and pick two out of the two out of the three there. So yeah. it will be a very interesting call. Um, obviously, all of those rucks are kind of in a similar kind of range in terms of ownership. So no clear front runner as of yet. I expect maybe Marshall might get there if we see no ruck in in the round one team. But <laughs> yeah, I think uh, monitor his health, and um, yeah, I think that's something that we've all gonna. Just kind of make our own mind up with those rucks. Definitely. Um, Toby McLean, 31%, the uh, highest owned mid-pricer, you could say. Don't bet um, against him. That, don't bet against him? Don't bet against him. I, uh, you may have a different opinion on this, but I, I just think... Is he locked th- into their side? Is he locked into their best 22? It's, it's a good question. I, I, I find it hard to believe that you would pick a guy that hasn't played all season for a final... He comes out and has nine tackles, and then next year you say, that's not the kind of guy we want out to. Do you, you lose, know what I mean? You lose Dunkley, it, you lose Lucky Hunter. And if and I was Toby McLean, I'd be like, bro, I, I came out, I played one game, I had nine tackles, yeah. I tried to put the boys on my back. Like, it, you know, if, if he's unfit, maybe, but in terms of just the type of player that he is, I'm like, get in my team. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. he's the kind of guy you want in your team. So I, I agree. I agree. Just yeah. sort of the question No, that's there. good. Play devil's um, advocate for sure. But and um, the only don't... other thing I would, would say is the role. Like, is he... But at that price? Yeah, I you mean... Could, you pretty much There's a few some... good forward rookies. You're there's a few mild. good forward rookies. You could save 100, 150,000. Um, and if they're playing a similar role... I mean, McLean's obviously done it before, and, and he's got the runs on the board. Well, you could pick him um, as a midfielder then, if you wanted. You could. You could put him in your midfield. You, you've got... Let's say across midfield and forward, what you've probably got six on-field rookie spots, five five on-field rookie five, spots. Five, I think six would be too many. You have probably got four or five. Okay, so structure. you got four or five. I, I think he finds a spot in there. I mean, at four hundred one thousand, he could pretty much lace up the boots and score that. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I don't know. I I think he's a great value option this year. 
But I like that you're playing devil's advocate. Yeah, I is just... He, he's um, in your team at He's the in my team. He yeah. is in my team. So uh, I, I think there are a few other options as well around that price. Okay. Um, you who, know, who uh, Wayne Miller, Taron Thomas. <laughs> oh. I know they're dirty names. No, you, I know you, they've just you're wanted to You're making me cringe. And didn't, didn't um, Taron have another there's, misdemeanor? There's a, there's a few things going on with him in the news oh, at the moment no. right now. So no, no, a little no. bit unclear as to how that will actually affect him. But... Okay. Um, you know, if we stick strictly to footy yeah. sense, you know, you can't necessarily rule them out just yet. But McLean does look like the safest and best option of all of them at the moment. Um, so I think, and again, it's kind of low risk with the price. So yeah, it is. Um, you're not necessarily going against him by yeah. by worst by case that. scenario. He gets a crap roll. He scores around that mark, and you downgrade to a rookie, yeah. and it's like you've solved that problem. Next highest mid pricer, the Warpedo. James Warple. Um, was was the, the uh, Warpedo the one that we were talking about that had that un, unaffected? The 10, yeah. The 10. <laughs> the ten. Sorry, so, James. So Sorry. this to me it's not screams of danger. Like, I know that there's been good reports in the preseason. Yeah, obviously. but you want to go against him, right? Oh, I want to go against yeah, him. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. See, like, if you're selecting him, this screams yeah. of this could go bad Reeks quickly. of danger. Yeah. Um, Look, he, he's, he's averaged 97 before. He you know, has. He's oh, priced at, what, 45, 50. Um, give him his props. So, look, if he comes out and puts out his best season, he could potentially be 40 points unders. I get that. But all we can do is go off, like, the most recent data. You know, when you have an uninjured score of 10 in your books with 35% CBAs, look, there's good. a lot of danger there. You come out in round one, you, you give me a 30 price at 463K. Like, that's, that's spray off the bat. That's that's you're trading that straight away, yeah. and you're already behind the eight ball. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's a kind of a guy that if he is cheap enough that if he starts like a house on fire, you can still get him in. That's true. It's not it's too still late. Value. Yeah, um, yeah. So for me, I'm very much in favour of not starting with with Warpool. I just think that the downside is outweighing the upside, in my opinion, uh, and the fact that he's 29 percent owned, I think that it's a pretty decent gamble to leave him off your side in the hopes that he does disappoint early and, yeah. and you've got to jump on the rest of the comp. And um, uh, for me personally, I'd much rather have like an extra rookie on my field than having a Warple there, save yep. 200000 and spend that else, elsewhere in my side. Yeah. Um, uh, or if you're choosing him over or Dom Sheed, like give me Sheed any day of the week. Yeah. Um, so and he's, I think he's a, he's a good one to go against. I reckon that's it. So and for context, so he's valued at 460k. So save 60k at the moment. Get um, Toby McLean. There's not really. I don't think there's a room for two of those guys in your side. And for me, it's McLean at you know 60k less at the moment. Yeah. You could say. More midfield time, role for Warple, but yeah. like he he's had opportunity in the last couple of seasons. If I flick over to their their last season, I believe he was in the CBAs. So last year, forty seven percent, like he was in there, forty seven percent, and and he's priced at what he put up yeah. essentially. Um, you know, he did have a, uh, an injury affected game in there, um, but you know that floor is is very scary. So yeah. um, how much upside is there? There, there is upside. There I is. will say that, but it's it's fraught with danger, in my opinion. So yeah, sorry, James. It's I think not it's happening. one you can go against. It's not happening. Next bloke up, yo, 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 uh, Elliot, yo, the yo, yo man. Um, he is someone that I'm I'm coming around to actually. Yeah, you uh, you weren't initially. You I was kind a little of, bit skeptical. Yeah, yeah, you uh, were. early on. Um, 
he reminds me, and this is probably just the way I thought about it last season, but he reminds me very much of like a George Hewitt type of last year. Yeah. I was initially kind of not keen on Hewitt because of, uh, like, he had never been a great fantasy scorer before, even though he was going to have the role. Yo has obviously had big seasons, but those seasons came in better sides for yeah. West Coast when they're a premiership team. So he's averaged over 100 before. The thing that has got me really interested in him and probably someone that I'm... You can go against him and hope that the body breaks down, but I think that the scoring is going to be there. The fact that he's going to be um, uh, splitting time between the midfield and defense really intrigues me. There's actually there's not a lot of players that go midfield to do defender. That. No. It's usually a mid-forward kind yeah. of split or, yeah. or pure mid 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 wing yeah, um, mid defense I think is a very uh, sounds like a very friendly role um, so if he's mixing up CBAs with kick-ins like yeah so there's a lot of uh, you know easy points on up front yeah, there. I agree I, I won't be betting against um, Yo Mitch if Yo doesn't make it in the team it's not because I'm betting against him it's just because I've restructured in some Structure. other way yeah um, but if you do choose to bet against him, you're essentially betting on injury, aren't it's, you? It's injury, you know I think, it, yeah. is, is probably the biggest thing you're betting against. Maybe it's the fact that you think the Eagles are going to be still really, really bad and, yeah. and that Yo isn't capable of scoring at his best in a poor side, which yeah. is a possibility. Yeah. So, you know, 26% rostered. Um, he's, at a, he's at a good price for... I think a lot of people are playing around with their, their defence at the moment and yeah. he's in a nice price for, yeah, when you want to do some different things in defence. So He does have the potential to be like... A, uh, sort of a, a season-defining pick yeah. in, in a good way or a bad way. Like, he could yeah. easily be in the top six discussion, and if you're starting at 625000 yeah, that's that's a, an amazing pick there. Um, but like like you said, the, the body is the big concern. It if is. he injures himself in round two, um, and if you've gone against that, you're, you're a step ahead of the rest of the competition in, in that regard. So yeah. I, I usually tend to not go against somebody because they've historically been injured. Um, if they've had a good preseason and it's all clear from that front, yeah. um, you know, to again, credit Josh Lloyd, the fancy basketball uh, guru. Uh, you're, you're injury prone until you're not. You're an Iron Man until you're not. Yeah. And um, if you've had a good preseason, uh, I think that you, you bank the scores, you bank the value, and if injury comes your way, you deal with it then. So that's, that's my personal view. But um, yeah, I think that there is a legitimate reason you could go against Yo. This next fellow, I know you're betting against. Yeah, him. James Sicily. Yeah. yeah, I am still really surprised that he is this highly owned. Twenty six percent. What is is that? The uh, narrative. The narrative there. So is, he's the is, second highest premium defender behind Dacos, which so, so really surprised the, me. Yeah, I think the narrative you'll agree is is that Hawthorne are maybe not going to be great. The yep. ball's going to spend a lot of time down yep. there, and he's the big dog down there, and he's going to have the ball. So that that. I mean, I tend to agree with. I just don't know whether it's enough that his scoring improves enough to make it a justified decision. I think there's better value guys in the back line. Um, I think people sort of, they, you know, you highlight your Aaron Halls, you highlight your Zeebles when he was back in defence, you know, uh, both obviously for North Melbourne when they were a poor side. Um, and you can you can use that to boost your justification. For me, I would label Sicily much more of an actual defender than those two. Someone who actually has a bit more of a role in terms of manning up on a on a player. He's and, inclined to actually play football. Sometimes, yeah, yeah. He's no not good. just you know just screaming for the ball every every ten seconds. <laughs> yeah. um, so he does that too, obviously, and he's he's a great player. Um, and and I I understand the idea of the ball being down there, but you still have to um, you know possess the footy. You still yeah. have to. 
control the ball movement and, and have it on your terms a little bit to rack up those points. And I think there is a significant risk that he is playing a bit more of an accountable role this season. Um, am I right in saying that he's the captain? Or have Hawthorne haven't decided yet? I'm not sure. Um, definitely in the conversation if it hasn't already yeah. um, been, been decided. Now, let me... So I'm going against this league as well, but let's play devil's advocate. We know the bloke has a ceiling, so he yep. comes out in round one and he knocks out a 150. What are you doing? I don't think it changes my opinion really too much. Okay. Um, so it wouldn't be a panic, like I think, panic trade? No, nah, I don't like think so because he's a guy that we... I don't expect his role to be dramatically different. Um, so when if someone comes out and does that and there may be a young up-and-coming player and there's something that I've seen that I haven't seen before or there's a role change that I didn't expect, okay. that's when I could have make those pounce moves. But when it's an established player pounce. like James... I like that, yeah, man. Yeah, pounce. Pounce. Uh, work that in there. Um, <laughs> when it's a player like Sicily, you're throwing me off here. When it's a player like Sicily, who's is we know what he does. You know what I mean? Like mm. he's he is what he is. Um, look, he very might well have a few hundred and fifties throughout the season, but I also expect that he might have a few sixties and seventies. Um, so for me, that kind of a, a score round one wouldn't wouldn't make me pounce. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can get behind this, mate. I'm not sure about the pounce. Actually, no, I've changed my mind. I really, I like the pounce. Okay. I like the pounce. <laughs> <Quick turnaround. laughs> All right, let's go on to the next guy, Darcy let's Cameron, keep it going. who uh, seems to hurt his hamstring today. At training is uh, is the reporting. Yeah, well, was, I didn't really have a chance to have a look at my phone today. Yeah. This one come through on a on a text message to us. Yeah, um, well, yeah. So I've seen it along on Twitter. Um, yeah, you know, came off the ground, the sort of looking a bit ginger. Was uh, held out of the match sim later on in that training session, having his hamstring rubbed down a little bit. So, no That's, reports on how serious it is at this stage, or whether it's a proper strain or the old dreaded hamstring awareness. Um, well, that which seems to be. It's the worst when they're aware bit. of their hamstrings, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. But you see this this is a little scary to me because... It is a bit. Uh, so I wouldn't bet against Darcy Cameron, in, mm. in my opinion, pri- mm. like prior to this news. But let's say that this news comes out, oh, hamstring, three weeks, whatever it is. I'm starting to pack my dax a little bit because the only other option that I can see as viable is English Marshall. Yeah. And then... We're out of good uh, options, aren't we? And then we're out of cash too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah so. we got, we got no money to spend after yeah. that. So yeah. uh, I really hope that it's just him being aware of his hamstrings and not yeah. that... Um, there's anything wrong with them? You've also um, got the uh, the the man with the goggles as well. Apparently, <laughs> oh, no. is uh, you know they, there's been talk that they're going to share the ruck duties again this season. Oh, I don't so want to hear that. Not talk, what we want to hear. No, I don't want to hear that. Um, take the goggles off, Mason. <laughs> take the goggles off. Take the boots off too, mate. Don't get on the don't get well, on the ground. That so. would work too. Yeah, yeah uh, but. Yeah. Uh, there's a f- I'm, I'm less confident in, in Darcy Cameron now than I might have been a week ago. <laughs> it's amazing. Look, it's the amazing rucks and defenders change. to me are just Doing tough. Head in a yeah, bit. they're tough at the moment. Sleepless so nights. I'm flicking backwards and forwards and, and, you know, playing around, like I said before, with like a Dacos down to an, uh, a yo, you know, going really cheap in my defence. And to then a, to go to, to an go English. To go to get to an English is, so is English something, something that I've played around okay, with. Okay, you've Again, been keeping that quiet, mate. Yeah, well, yeah, it's... Because <laughs> nothing's set in stone, right? You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. English might, you know, obviously you might have done as a doctor. Who knows? Darcy Cameron, do his ACL. Who knows? Uh, touch wood. Poor <laughs> <Jesus laughs> Darcy. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Um, let's move on. We'll go through these next few guys because there's a player I want to get to who, real quickly. Oh, I think I know uh, who you want to get Let's to. talk about Took Miller. 25% owned in the comp. Took Again, one of the highest-owned midfielders, uh, one of the highest-owned midfield premiums. I think he is probably the highest-owned uh, out-and-out Uber premium yeah. in the midfield at twenty-five percent. Which, yeah, is a bit interesting. So I had a so I don't know what it was, but the other day when I was playing around, I I'd, I'd worked it so that I got took to M one, um, mm. and then it, it just 
for, for whatever reason, I, I couldn't describe it, but it just didn't feel right. And I found yeah. 7K and I went and got steel it. Yeah, I feel the same I don't, thing too. I, don't like, I, I was trying to split the, the hairs between steel and took earlier in the season. And um, yeah, I just I just feel way more confident with steel at the moment than, yeah. I, than I do with Took. I think he he's someone that obviously he's got the huge ceiling, he but he's he seems like much more of a tag target compared to a steel type. Um, the 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 game plan and game style of Gold Coast did change from twenty twenty one to twenty twenty two, and perhaps that's just the reason why he's one hundred and ten kind of a guy. And I, I still expect him to be a top eight, probably a top four or five midfielder. But I don't know if I necessarily see the one twenty ceiling yeah. in. To compared to a steal, which I do still see that, so f- that ceiling there. For clarity, I, I wouldn't bet against Took. It, oh, obviously it would, not. Like, like, he's he, obviously he might, yeah, he might not be in my team. But does that mean I'm betting against him? No, no, I um, don't think he's gonna. He's gonna it's not going to be a pick that blows up in your face and burns. No. Yeah, I, so I don't believe. And he's yeah. got the, he's got that uh, very unique round. Um, is it thirteen the buy? Yeah, yeah so it's with, just, just him the, and Geelong. Um, I think it, it is. is. Yeah, yeah. Or so, Gold Coast and yeah, Geelong. Gold Coast and Geelong. Yeah, he's the only relevant one really. So. Again, I still don't really know how that's going to play out, but um, maybe that's a, a string in his bow. But again, it does surprise me that he's he's higher owned than, than some yeah. of those other guys, yeah. and, and by a decent margin. Is Let's this, move on to this next guy is here. Is this the guy you wanted to get to? Yeah, Sam Bloody Doherty. Um, Roy, bit, if you're watching... I'm a bit Literally. Look, I know I know he wasn't in my team, and that was a <laughs> deliberate decision. A lot of people are saying that Doc is... Doc, it's Doc the Lock, right? It's Doc it's the Lock. Doc, I haven't heard that. Doc but the Lock. He's a must-have. He's a no-brainer. Big rhyming guys. Um, wow. And you know he's training the mids. Everyone loves the, the more midfield time. But for him, see, I, I just is I that don't, a good thing for no, Doc? Well, well, it it's not a bad thing. But I don't get if people are out there going, he's getting more mid time. You've got to get him in. What Ten you, plus points upside. What do you mean? He, he's, he's already averaging half, 110. Yeah, he's a gun off half back. So yeah. don't don't turn that on me and say, oh, suddenly he's a lock. It, yeah. You, if you think he's a lock, you probably just think he's a lock because he's he's so good that his value might not dip. So I mentioned it right off yeah. off the bat. Um, was that the the reason that that I tweaked a few things and and got on the bandwagon um this morning was because. I can definitely see a world where he just comes out, does his thing, and then suddenly you're like, hang on a second, Sam Doherty hasn't dropped in value, and I need to find a way to get the million-dollar man in my team. Yeah. And then you're up the creek without a paddle, aren't you? So Yeah, um, yeah, he is He is that kind of a type. Um, you know, He's kind of similar in Dunkley in that way in terms of luck. He's pretty clearly the top player in his line. Yep. Um, and I think that... Yeah, that's a good question. How old is he? He is 29. Oh, okay. I was going to say, this could change the whole conversation. (laughs) Yeah, it could rule him right out. Uh, So he's 29. Obviously, the narrative is also a preseason under his belt last year. Obviously, had a very interrupted preseason. Did start slower. um, Came home um, like a steam train. Uh, last two games when he did move into the midfield, 123 and 137. I will say, though, that 137 came against the Collingwood Magpies, which we knew very well were... They were the easiest team to yeah. score against for yeah. midfielders. Um, the Demons also are a team that uh, they don't tag, really, because they just their midfielders go up against midfield. your guys. Yep. Um, the, the thing I do like about him in the midfield, different to a short and a crisp, is that he, he showed high tackle numbers, so 10 tackles and 7 tackles in both those games. So if he is in the midfield, I think it's not a negative thing, but I would argue the fact that it doesn't... I don't see it giving him this extra ceiling about him because, no, like, but, a, like we said, he's already averaging 110. That's what There's I only a few with. midfielders that have averaged 110. Yeah. no. The, the, anyway, so... Yeah, that's the bit I disagree with is people who are going, oh, he's going in the midfield. You're going to get 
this kind of upside. If you're picking him, you're not picking him because he's got upside. You're picking him because you think he might be unattainable this, later in the season. See, this is where I this is where my philosophy is. Like, I, I think the only reason that you should pick him is if you see him going one fifteen plus. So do you? So you see Dunkley? So because let's say one ten's Dun- not enough for me. Like, even though if he is clearly the best defender, there's no value in that. And even if you're ten points, if you pick say a, a, a Brayshaw and he's a flat hundred, and you're ten yeah. points behind, you know people say if you wait till round twelve to get him in, there's 120 points. But the difference is, I've saved money, I've saved a hundred thousand dollars, and yeah. I've spent that somewhere else. Yeah. And hopefully, I've used that money well, and that's where I make the difference. Instead of paying money for 110, I've paid money for a hundred. And ten, and got one hundred and twenty. If that makes sense, like no, if that I'll affords me to get a Jack Steele in my side, yeah. if that affords me to get Dunkley or, or something like that, and they go better than their than their price, then yeah. that's where I get the leg up. I'll be really intrigued to see how it plays out, particularly with Doc and Dunkley, because th- those are the guys. They're just below a million dollars, and it's really a lot of people's seasons will hinge on if you start with them and they maintain that. How do then you get there? You're a, a guru. Um, if if you don't start with them and they maintain it, then exactly, how do you get there? Yeah. So um, I'm intrigued. I'm these these kind sure. of guys. Where where you know you have to reserve a spot for them. Yeah, like, they've got to be there they, they some point. They have to be in they? your team at some point. So these kind of guys, I always eye off. If I don't have them by the buy rounds, they are someone that as soon as their buy comes around, I am doing whatever it takes to get them into to get my them. side yeah, because so that's double, when you've got, the, down, right? you've got the two down, one up. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter how expensive they are. You can usually get enough cash to get there. Um, yeah. So that's kind of like at worst case scenario if he yeah. does start really well and never really drops in price but if you do see you know a, a poor game here and there and, and because he's priced so high even just one or two poor games it'll be yeah. enough to, to shoot his and uh, go- price down guys are very unlikely to be getting above that million dollars during the season that's like that's very the way the magic number works exactly so extremely high yeah so so, so yeah. if I was a betting man I'd say their values could come down a little bit I don't think he ever um, reaches a million dollars yeah, well, yeah. yeah put Put that down. So, um, but yeah, intriguing. What do we got next? Let's. Um, we're going. We're going a bit longer here, so I want to maybe just touch on a couple of guys that I think are options to definitely go against. I will just want to highlight another midfielder here in Jackson McRae, who, to be honest, I'm surprised he's not higher. He's okay. owned in eighteen and a half percent of of classic sides. I thought that he was going to be potentially the number one most popular midfielder in the well, comp because yeah. of just the history of He's his got scoring. He's doesn't he? The, act, uh, the Dunkley leaving. Um, yeah. Maybe people are finally getting sick of his sucking on the wing. I don't know. Um, <laughs> That's the narrative uh, for sure. I, I'm, I'm a bit anti-McRae this season. I'm quite comfortable going against him this okay. year. I just think that if you're the Bulldogs... The way that he plays, as good as he is and as clean as he is with his hands and his feet, just the pace at which he plays the game, I think that if you're the Bulldogs, you want to try and switch it up a little bit and go with the Bonts, go with the Bailey Smiths and have that more aggressive attacking kind of style. Um, And I think that he's underpriced, but I don't think he's underpriced enough that with those other options around him, I think that I don't know if I see him as a top eight mid this season. Yeah, from a from like a tactical perspective, um, you talk about wanting those explosive attacking mids. You're not. I don't really see a team that will put three explosive attacking forward running mids into their centre bounce no, at no. once. So there is. There is still in there. Yeah, so there is still room, you know, for McRae to be. Oh, he'll be in CBAs. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I am, you know, for the most part with you. Um, mm. I think. I think internally he might just be rated a little bit more highly than what 
we see on the outside because we look, we see the bomb, we see the flowing mullet, we see these things. So, yeah, uh, don't don't be shocked if he comes out and and goes big. Uh, but for me, he's probably not in the team because um, just better options. Yeah, better options and just a little bit. I think of that Suki narrative. I buy into too. Yeah, um, look, he is a kind of a guy that you see him in the preseason. You remember his 120 seasons, and you go, "Oh, McCray. so tempting." I, I'll get him bidding back my team. Well, see, so I can definitely see that number rising. Isn't um, it right that you never had him, and then the the season you jumped on he last season, yeah, so that I was finally the first got him in. Yeah, on, like, and you, you've always, been outside looking in the whole time. I've, and then I've you got always burned. kind of gone against him that just sucks, because I, I don't necessarily love the way he goes about it. And um, look. It, look, he is a good player, and and he's the perfect kind of AFL fantasy guy where he's he's never copping a tag really, um, and he's he's someone that gets a lot of that easy uncontested possessions. He's in their high percentage of the CBAs, um, so look, I think he's obviously going to be a good pick. I don't necessarily see him going down in price, but I just see the opportunity elsewhere in terms of a few other guys that are his price or cheaper that um, I, I just like a bit more. So um, yep. I was surprised to see him under 20% owned. I thought he'd be close to that, like Tom Mitchell, 30% kind, yeah, of, a, okay. kind of a mark personally, just before the, the game opened. But yep. um, yeah, just thought that one was interesting. Okay. Um, is there anyone else that you particularly oh, wanted to touch no, on? Not particularly. Uh, I mean, there's a, couple, there's a couple of fellas down there that, that I won't be starting with, that I'll be going against, but they're kind of getting down into kind of like the 15% yeah, owned. Yeah, probably so it can't really be, call them super popular players That's anymore. it. It wouldn't be like a, a huge I'm going against that guy. So I think we've kind of you know summed up. If there is anyone that um, you specifically thought, oh, I wish the boys talked about, um, and you want to bring their name yeah, up on Twitter or comments. YouTube, yeah. like we can always comment and talk about those guys. Um, but yeah. Yeah, that, that'll, that'll do it for us today, talking about the popular players. So next podcast, we're going to go through some pods, some points of difference. Now, again, I know I've talked about in the past, don't pick a point of difference just for the sake of being a point of difference. So this podcast will be guys that I truly actually believe in that just happen to be under 10% owned. Um, So these are the guys that I think that even if they were, you know, the most popular players, I'd still be looking at them. Um, so stay tuned for that podcast next. Um, hoping to get, fingers crossed, a couple of uh, some other people joining the podcast soon as well to talk about some maybe different opinions uh, and lots of other cool, exciting things happening this preseason. So again, guys, if you haven't already, make sure you guys are subscribed to the YouTube channel. Give us a big thumbs up over there and uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Bye. MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. 
New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.